0: This real subtle, deep down belief that your spouse is flawed, Flawed. is not good in some way, and you do a really bad job of hiding it. You are a little bit less patient, less forgiving, and you're a little bit more critical. You're a little bit more correcting. And that
1: criticism just validates those feelings that you have about your spouse, that they're flawed, that they're not, that they're not good enough. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, correcting and criticizing the two things proven to ruin your marriage.
0: Hello, hello, hello. I'm talking. Can you hear me?
1: It looks like we can hear you.
0: Can you talk and talking to that?
1: I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Do I look good?
0: You look great. Do
1: I sound good?
0: You sound sexy. (laughs) Correcting and criticizing. This has been a huge theme lately. What are we talking about when we talk about correcting and criticizing? Let's let's give some definitions for what that is because that could mean a whole lot of Uh, things.
1: Yeah, it could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. What have you seen? For for the things that I have seen um, in uh, couples that are correcting or criticizing one another... It's when one spouse will just make a comment about whatever they're doing or however they're doing it, and almost immediately the other spouse corrects them and tells them that no, it's this way, or no, you didn't do it right, or or sometimes even one will have be having a conversation with someone else, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the spouse will other spouse will walk in and just start correcting spouses conversation. And they have no idea what the conversation is even about, but they just have to come in and make sure that they that the other person is saying the right thing or doing the right thing in it, and it's it's really really destructive.
0: Why? What what is it? What what do you see happen for the person who's being corrected?
1: Well, I I <clears throat> see um, one of the big things is there's this sense of nothing I do is right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think after time, if this goes on after time, it also just erodes the the person's a belief in their own abilities of well I'm not smart enough or I, I never do things the way they're supposed to be done or even if a mistake is made they automatically assume that they're the ones that did it right and that's that's just very toxic in it's, our they relationship start to,
0: they start to doubt their own uh, sense of credibility or, right. or confidence it erodes a person's core. I've seen this a lot in my office with couples who sit on my couch and have conversations with me where someone will simply be conveying a story. Here's how, here's the experience that I had. And, you know, on last Tuesday, we did this and the spouse will chime in. Uh, It wasn't last Tuesday. It was last Tuesday night.
1: Right. It's those little minute details that yeah. really don't matter in yeah. the grand scheme of things. But for some reason, they have to make it known that you didn't get it exactly correct.
0: And they have a hard time holding their tongue. They mm-hmm. have a hard time letting letting a generality like Tuesday or Tuesday night.
1: I think people that, that correct all the time, I, I wonder if they're even actually aware that they do it.
0: Most people aren't.
1: And so <clears throat> so the only way that they're gonna know that, that they're correcting is if a spouse actually stops to take the time and say, You know you you do this to me an awful lot. How would how would one go about telling their spouse Stop correcting me already without being hurtful in that sort of a way.
0: Um, how did you feel when I told you?
1: How did I feel when you told me? I didn't like it.
0: (laughs) Has this been a theme in our relationship where for a season you spent a lot of time making sure things were done your way and not my way?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I hate to admit it, but... Yeah.
0: And so how did I tell you? Um Do you remember?
1: You know, I I I I guess this is a gift of mine because I really don't. I remember I remember the pain the the pain of it. Um but it didn't last long. I think the pain was more because I don't like to be told that I'm doing something wrong no, you as don't. as opposed to the pain of just being told what I was doing um and I'm assuming that because I don't remember that you must have told me in a way that that I was able to hear and move forward through
0: it was a hard conversation because you again because we know our story anytime something's brought up that has to correct you in some way defensiveness gets up really really strong really really fast and it's taken you a long time to learn how to kind of not react to that right away right and so there were tears fairly quickly and it was hard for you to hear but i had to be kind enough and direct enough to tell you this is what you're doing and this is hurting me right Most people who are doing the correcting thing believe that their world needs to be a certain way for them to feel safe, for them to feel Mm. organized, for them to feel productive, for them to have some semblance of order. And that order usually is about safety. It's about stability, security, predictability. And when someone else, like another human being who happens to live in the house with you just decides to do something differently. It's not wrong. It is just different, varied because it's not the way you would do it. It It is a little tiny trigger, a little tiny um, poke at your stability or your safety mm. or your security. And right. so you naturally, there isn't really any ill intent originally at the beginning. There isn't any um, original intent that says I'm going to I have to. I believe you're wrong, and and you need to do it the right way. That's not really there on the t- on the surface level. The surface level is I. I just wanted to be done this way so I feel better. I feel right. I feel safer. Right. What happens though if it goes unchecked for a long time is is it starts to actually erode your sense of confidence in me. You actually. Right see me as less capable, less competent. You actually, we go back to that benefit of the doubt thing we talk about all the time. You don't give me the benefit of the doubt. You have confirmation bias, and that's where some of the criticism will come in later on, which is you see me as not as smart or not as responsible or not as capable.
1: So it doesn't take much to trigger those comments to you you when you really haven't been doing anything at all. that confirmation bias says, oh, he just barely did this little thing. Let me tell him or let me.
0: And it tends to escalate more and more and more. And you'll see this in couples who've been married for a long, long, long time. That that criticism and that correcting is is second nature. It just happens over and over and over again. And it goes both ways. It's not always just one way. It can go both ways. But it's usually uh, connected to a safety issue in some way. Right. It usually starts off with correcting, and then it just moves into criticism, where you just see something you don't like, and because you've you've had this pattern of speaking your mind and you haven't had anyone kind of check you check on that. that, now you can start to criticize, you know, why are you doing it that way? Or why did you really you're going to wear that out of the house? What or are you you're, thinking? You're
1: the one who always makes the mistake, or you're the one who always, every time you do it, it always goes wrong. Or, yeah. Those yep. types of things.
0: Usually the person who is doing the criticizing and the correcting the most has a fairly um, unstable um, self-esteem piece. They are mm. they are insecure. They have a higher level of insecurity. Now, again, two people can have high levels of insecurity. That's why they're correcting each other <laughs> right. back and forth all day long for years and years and years to come. Um, but that insecurity is what leads to the criticism All the time, right? But it is toxic. Um, John Gottman, the granddaddy of all relationship stuff, um, the criticism is one of the four horsemen um, that that can erode your marriage. Um, It's kind of the early signs that your marriage is is in need of some serious attention. It actually needs help. It needs to have some someone or some education or some workshop or something intercede so that you can learn, oh my gosh, this is an issue and we need to do something to change it. Right. It is not easy being told you're criticizing me all the time because that same insecurity that is prompting the criticism in the first place.
1: Probably just.
0: Now gets, in, now gets in, triggered. Right, exactly. Because now you're saying you're doing something wrong or they actually will take it as, you're, well, you're criticizing me. Right. <laughs> you're criticizing me for criticizing you. Right. And that, that defensiveness. So what we're always looking for within a, within a couple is a level of openness, that receptivity to say, what can I be doing that's better? And if the other spouse can go, you actually are fairly critical of me. You actually don't give me the chance to do things my way. Um, right. Uh, and so you're always kind of correcting me in these little little subtle ways um, without that openness there, it's really difficult to hear that correction in some way. Right.
1: Well, I mean, if you if you think about it, the person who's always being criticized or corrected doesn't enjoy that
0: No criticism actually comes back to this concept of contempt, which is number two or or one of the four horsemen. So we have both criticism and contempt are are horsemen for the ho- ho- four, blah, 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 blah. four of the four horsemen. Try that again. Two
1: of the four horsemen. Two of the
0: four horsemen. Uh, that John Gottman refers to, and that, that contempt, this, this, this real subtle, deep down belief that your spouse is, is flawed, flawed. Is, is not good in some way, and you do a really bad job of hiding it. <laughs> it's right. not veiled anymore. And so you, you tend to lose the social niceties. Right. You are a little bit less patient. You're a little bit less understanding. You're a little bit um, less forgiving. And you're a little bit more critical. You're a little right. bit more correcting. And
1: that criticism just validates those feelings that you have over about your over. spouse, yep. that they're flawed, that they're not. That they're not good enough.
0: Which is that confirmation bias. That's all you can see in them, even though that's not how they are all made up. They're made up of all sorts of good and all sorts of stuff that they need to work on as well. Right. These two things, this correcting and this criticism are, are, again, these toxic elements that will erode a marriage very, very quickly. I've sat with couples who have been married only, you know, 18 months, and this kind of had gone throughout their dating and early marriage, mm-hmm. and the marriage is is an unsustainable because the person who's doing the criticizing won't, isn't open, isn't willing to hear that they need to change their perspective of their spouse and, and actually change the language and, and the right. way that they talk to them. and the spouse who's been criticized is just done. Right. They're they're saying, I don't want to tolerate this anymore. Because you can
1: only take so much of it.
0: Yep. So it, it can erode a marriage, you know, within 18 months, or it can be really low grade. And after 30, 40, 50 years of a marriage, it can be that toxic element where you see... You see these older couples who are, are in essence, roommates. They, they just t- tolerate each other, but there's very little love
1: right. between
0: each other. There's very little compassion. There's very little kindness and respect. Um, and they just basically live as roommates, even though right. they're technically married. Right. And that's not... I would argue that's not what marriage is supposed to be, whether it's 18 months or 50 right, years. Exactly. That's marriage, not what
1: you want it to be. After being married 20, 30, 40 uh, years, you should have a much more connected, much deeper, much more loving relationship than when you were first married.
0: Absolutely. That's how
1: we're designed. That's, I mean, that's the wonderful thing about marriage. That's yeah. what you have to look forward to. Yeah.
0: You should know that your spouse is your biggest fan. They're right, the one exactly. who sees the best in you, right. not the worst in you. Right.
1: One of the things that I was thinking of that is would be incredibly, incredibly helpful for people who actually recognize that they're struggling with criticism, and um, correcting, or recognize that they that they see their spouse as flawed, and they want to make changes in that. I think one of the things that you can do is you can um, start a journal. Um, starting a journal where every morning when you get up, you write down two or three things about yeah. your spouse yeah. that are valuable, that are that you that you love or things that you want to see in your spouse that maybe you don't see right now because you're so clouded by your uh, confirmation bias about them. I did this with um, I started a thankfulness uh, gratitude journal because I was just having negative focus about everything. And I was really struggling. And I started Mm. doing that. And I started writing five or 10 things down each morning. And it was really hard at the beginning because I couldn't think of things that I was thankful for. And so I would just write things down that I was hoping I could even be thankful for. Sometimes it would be just like I would have a pair of neon-colored socks on and I'd be thankful for neon color because it makes me happy. It shifted my mind, and all of a sudden I realized there were so many things around me that I was missing because my focus was so clouded by just this judgmental, unthankful sad heart that I had going on and I told I remember telling you man I didn't realize how much stuff around me that I was missing out on yeah. slowly over a few weeks you'll start to come up with more and yeah. more and you'll start your your uh, thought process towards them will start to shift and yeah. change
0: Another challenge that we often uh, suggest to couples is doing a seven-day challenge or a seven-day fast, a criticism fast. Can you go just seven days, one week, and not correct your spouse? Even if they're blatantly flat-out wrong, it's not your job to tell them they're wrong. It's not your job to make sure that, that you are the accuracy police. Right. And can you do that? And pay attention to what feelings it stirs inside you, because if they, again, say it was Tuesday and it was actually Tuesday night, but you are chomping at the bit and you're going crazy in your mind, that might have more to say about yourself Self, and exactly. less to say about your spouse. We want you to learn about yourself. We want you to understand, wow, why is it so important that I correct him? What what feelings does that cause in me? Um, what am I trying to accomplish? So right. a, just a seven-day, uh, we call it, call it a... a the, the double C challenge? The double C challenge, which always sounds a little odd to me, (laughs) like the double D challenge, but that's a whole different thing. Um, The double C challenge, which is the, uh, again, correcting a criticism challenge. And if you can remove that from your your vocabulary with your spouse and see how that goes. If you are going to do that, if you actually decide to do either the gratitude journal, like Shannon talked about, or the double C challenge, um, we'd love to know about it. You yeah. can actually uh, send us in kind of the results or how it works out for you. You can send an email to paul at securemarriage.com and uh, let us know how it goes. We we, we want to know if these tools are working for you and, and what benefits you are receiving in your relationship. Right. We also want to give um, more tools to you. So you can go to 5minutemarriagemakeover.com. That's the number 5minutemarriagemakeover.com. We actually have three free videos that you can watch and it's going to kind of lay down the foundation of the core things that get in the way of having a, a healthy marriage those three videos are going to take you through how to fight less how to feel understood and how to enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse right it's all free just go and watch and enjoy anything else
1: nope I think that's all for today
0: thanks for listening to this podcast we hope you have a good week and we'll talk to you later bye bye-bye
1: hey thanks so much for listening to the show this week If you want to find out how you can build your own secure marriage, go to securemarriage.com. And if you have a chance, subscribe to our show on iTunes or however you get your podcast and leave us a review while you're there. You can also write us at podcast at securemarriage.com or follow us on Facebook. We're Paul and Shannon Elmore, and you've been listening to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse.